Welcome to the Red and White Authority, Episode 4. Joining me is the Red Wings Director of Scouting, Tyler Wright. Uh, Tyler, thank you for, uh, for being here and thank you for doing this. And uh, we just concluded the draft. We're in Chicago. I know it's, it was crazy down there on the floor today. It just seemed to be coming hot and heavy, as they say. Um, I guess my first impression, the Red Wings had 11 picks. You kept all 11 picks. And except for two of the picks, everybody seems to be not only over six feet, but well over six feet. Was that the design going in was to go for size? Um, it was an area that we, we came up with the idea that this was a deep draft in, in, the, in the defense category. And not only with uh, being in just D, with the size of the D. And, and so... Uh, it's obviously an area of need throughout the organization where where we think we need to improve. So, with that said, uh, and the multiple picks, um, it was just a little bit of a luxury that that the D that we targeted that that were good that were also had good size. It seems no matter what, whether it was a defenseman or a forward. Uh, you try to load up on right-handed shots, too. That was something I know that the organizations looked at the last couple of years and said, we just need more righties in this lineup. You know, it, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, this was the one year where we really didn't target right-handed defensemen. <laughs> but because of the plenty and, 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 the, and the amount that, uh, of good D that were available... Uh, and just happened to be that there were a lot of right-handed defensemen, which obviously is a secondary need need for us. I think you get into a, a a little bit of a risky game when you start really trying to target right hand and left hand. At the end of the day, uh, if they're good, hopefully they can play on 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 either side. But uh, it just happened to be that you know a lot of these big D that we did took were were right-handed. Before we get into the to individual players and get a little synopsis from each, uh, philosophy when you're at that table and the Red Wings are called and everyone looks towards you, do you just think to yourself, need or best player available? Because we always hear that, and regardless of the sport, whenever the draft is, that's, what does the team need, but is that need there or should they just go for the best guy? It is, and it's an old cliche that people always say it's the best player. It's a fine line, real fine line. It's You have to address your team's needs at some point in time, but at the same point, you don't want to leave a good player that's better in a different position. So... Um, so with that said, obviously center D and even goaltender, we like to tend to take a goaltender uh, at least one pretty much every year to get into the system. Obviously goaltenders have a little bit of a different uh, and a longer development plan. Um, so with that said, it, it's a very fine line. Um, I think when it comes down to when I'm making the pick, Character is a big thing that I go on. Um, we want to become a real hard team to play against. But with that, we want to be competitive with skill. And obviously, we want to get a little bit bigger. Um, we take all these D. At the end of the day, you have six defensemen to play on your team. 
you probably need eight or nine to win yourself a Stanley Cup as far as having depth. Um, it's in the same old philosophy. The game of drafting really hasn't changed that much over the last, say, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. The players have changed. The more opportunity that you have to be able to draft in that position, and if you're drafting under the same philosophy, at some point in time, some of these guys, and hopefully majority of these guys, and if you have a luxury of, of having too many of them, now you start to plug holes in other areas with the plethora of, of whether it's center D, wingers, right. goalies, whatever it is. So, When uh, you look at this, you had 11 picks, uh, 7 in the top 100. I think the feeling going in among the pundits, shall we say, was that Detroit probably is going to move a couple of these picks. I mean, not that 11 is a pretty high number in, in a seven-round draft, were you tempted or was it your intent to replenish the stock, shall we say, and draft 11 hockey players? Yeah, you know, we were really, we were open. Um, uh, everybody was, everybody on, on the draft, draft floor from day one, on, from yesterday, knew that we were open to any scenario. Uh, we had talked to every, you know, all 30 other teams. Um, we were open for business as far as trading either up multiple picks to move up. Uh, we're looking to maybe trade picks for maybe multiple picks for next year. Uh, even in last in yesterday's round, we were uh, we tried to move up at some point in time. At, we actually had an offer to go back uh, from nine as well. We just thought that. Uh, Rasmussen, who had fallen to nine at that point in time, we wanted to make the pick then, then move off of it. Uh, we had a lot of opportunity. We were open today too. Uh, um, from 38 to 100, our phone was ringing nonstop and things happened quick. Uh, we had opportunities to, to do a lot of things. Um, the one thing that we, we identified in this draft, like I said earlier in the podcast, was... Um, there was a luxury of defensemen and good size puck moving uh, defensemen in this draft and it obviously it was an area of need through our organization that we want to address. Um, let's see who's there, let's see who calls, uh, let's see what the what the offer is. If somebody blows our socks off, let's move back and get multiples. Uh, we had the opportunity, we got two seconds next year, we got two six next year, we still got a uh, a lot of options, um, you know, going into next year's draft. We we thought uh, at the end of the day we probably would move maybe one or two of the thirds. What was offered to us at that time compared to uh, what we wanted to take, things worked out pretty nice for us today. Well, uh, I, I know that you were happy from the t talking to you earlier when we were still at the United Center. Uh, I know nothing is an exact science. Even science isn't exact. But uh, so, with that in mind, I'm going to ask you about each player that you drafted. And uh, I know that Red Wing fans' expectations for each one of these guys is that they're going to be, you know, future Hall of Famers. That's how <laughs> fans are. So, so with all that, let's go to the uh, round one, the ninth pick. Michael Rasmussen, six six, two hundred and fifteen pounds, a center, left-handed shot, uh, plays for Tri City in the WHL. Uh, I will say, talking to him, he seemed to think that he was going to be a Red Wing based on 
at the Combine, his interview, he thought that there was a real good connection between Detroit and himself. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and I think it was mutual on from mm -hmm. our side too. He um, obviously had a had a had an injury in January that went kind of mixed, misdiagnosed. Uh, had the scaphoid break in in the wrist, uh, which is healing nicely. We 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 did our due diligence and our background checks. Our doctor Plagans, our team doctor, has been in contact with their camp throughout this draft, just for the case uh, if he did end up coming to us or we just decided to 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 move on him um, this draft is a different draft in the fact that nobody really knew who was going one nobody really knew who was going two. everybody had their speculations maybe on the top two guys nobody was set in stone it was wide open after that so uh, we we had targeted Three guys going in into the into the first round. We had opportunity to move back, move back. Obviously, uh, Michael was one of those. We just decided we wanted to get bigger down the middle. And once we go through all these picks, there's going to be a very common theme here: is it's character. And these guys, um, we we are going to be adding a group of kids that are still kids. But these kids are going to be high, high character. A lot of these are captains of their teams, um, could be future captains of their teams. We value um, the character of a kid extremely high, um, no different than, than with Svechnikov, than with, with Larkin, um, Chalowski. Um, uh, not just Detroit's philosophy as a Red Wing just myself and my personal been in the league now for 25 years right. as a player for 14 been doing this now for 11 years uh, I was a first round pick when I played I've seen guys that have been better than me that never make it I've seen guys that had more skill that never played or had long careers I've been in the minors I I've been through almost every conceivable transaction as an NHL player, waivers, botto, expansion draft. You get thrown into a locker room with a lot of different personalities. I have my own conclusion on what good teams need to win and what type of players that were. So I put a lot of stock in, in character, and, uh, and Michael hits the top of the charts with one of them. Right, and he's, uh, as we said, a big body, center, uh just named captain of his team in, in Tri-Cities right. at, at, at an early age, at 18, uh, which is kind of unheard of. Um, he's got a chance to be a real big piece of our puzzle going forward. Right, and in front of the net he establishes himself and he gets to all the loose pucks. Uh, Absolutely. Good skater. Obviously he's going to get better with strength and uh, his size, his wingspan, his reach. Protects the puck really well down low, uh, takes the puck to the net. And if he's not producing offensively, he makes you hard to play against. He's hard to defend against because of the size and the compete factor. Uh, let's go to the second round pick. We could talk all day about each one of these guys. Yeah. I know that. Um, I guess Nick Lindstrom will be interested because his name has been pronounced this way basically his whole Detroit career. Uh, uh, it's 20 years plus with the Red Wings. But your pit, round two, pick 38, is Gustav Lindstrom. Uh, 6'2", 187, defenseman, right-handed shot, 
um, Altuna Swedish 2 League, which means it's a, a, a tier below the Swedish Elite League, I, I would assume. Correct, correct, yeah. And so this was a guy that uh, we've heard came on late, very late in, in his season and made leaps and bounds from the beginning of the year to where he was at the end of the year. Absolutely, and probably the hardest city for him to come into with a name like that, <laughs> coming from the country that he's coming from. And I don't think we should have anything with a five around him as far as number-wise goes. So, um, But joking aside, he, he is a kid that has kind of a little bit of an unknown to start and has really picked it up. We had four teams come to us after the second round and said, you know what, you guys picked a good player. Now, everybody says we pick good players right now. Everyone's right. happy. But there are four other teams came up and said, you know what, we actually thought we could get them fairly close after that we picked them. So uh, by by no means was he a surprise to, to a majority of this. His hockey sense and his skill set um, and his skating ability – is just sets himself uh, apart from everybody. He he plays a very relaxed, a very patient um, two-way game. He can defend. He's got really good feet, good size. Rarely makes a, a, a mistake. We think there's a little bit more offense there um, than in what he showed. He plays in the in the Elsvenska League, which is the second division um, men's league, which is a pro hockey league. So he's been playing against men twenty. Uh, you know, 5, 30, 35 years old, which it's a hard league for for an 18-year-old right. kid to play in. So um, we liked him. We targeted him early. We, we really thought that this guy, and obviously Hawk and Anderson, that, um, you know, he's over there in Sweden. Uh, myself and Jeff Finley go over there, and um, this was a guy that we targeted, and we we put him obviously high, and we were obviously had the opportunity to take him, so we did. Uh, round three again. You had four picks in the uh, in the third round. Pick seventy one. I'm probably going to butcher this young man's name, but first name is Casper. Cotcansalo. Uh, Cotcansalo. Yeah. Cansalo. Yeah. Six two, one hundred ninety six pounds, defenseman, left handed shot. Plays for uh, Sioux Falls of the United States Hockey League. This was a guy that I did a little bit of research on, and people seem to love him. Yeah. I mean, scouts seem to really think that this guy could be something special. And to be honest with you, I was a little surprised that he was there um, in the third round. Uh, a lot of the same similar attributes that, that uh, Gustav has as far as really good size, really good mobility, really good hockey sense. Um, going to Boston University next year, which... Uh, is a really good program, oh, and they've had a lot of good players and a lot of good defensemen come out of that. So, uh, you know, he played in the USHL this year. Offensively, it reminds me a little bit of Billy Sarah Harvey when we took three years ago out of Green Bay. Mm -hmm. Didn't really flourish in the USHL uh, numbers-wise. Went to the OHL, um, kind of, you know, produced more offense. We believe that Casper's got more offensive upside than what he had shown there or been given that opportunity. So we're really, really excited about this. We we thought this guy was in, was going to be gone all day in the second. Uh, he he lands up to us at the third. We just think he's another guy with like Gustav Lindstrom that that's just going to make our depth pool on the back end 
uh, that much deeper. Uh, your 79th pick in the third round, or 79th pick overall in the third round, uh, Lane Zablatki. Correct. Uh, 5'11", 176, right uh, wing, right-handed shot from Red Deer in the Western League. Uh, Lane has his fans and he has his detractors, but what can you tell us about Lane? He was a guy that I think there's probably in this draft, he was probably split. You either really liked him right. or you didn't really maybe wanted to draft him. Yeah. Obviously, we were on the other side of the spectrum. Uh, we stepped up on, we actually had targeted, we thought we going into this third round, going into today, uh, he was one of our targets. Um, obviously, with, with Kotkinsalo falling to where he did, um, we had to take the defenseman ahead of him, but this was a guy that we were targeting in the third round. Um, when Tyler Bertuzzi was taken a couple of years ago, three or four years ago in the second round, a lot of people, um, just maybe in social media and stuff like that because of where he was ranked and where he was Right, they rated, thought that you guys stepped up could have gotten him later. Yeah. Could have gotten later. And, and you might you, you might have, but you run the risk of not getting the player. Right. Um, that was kind of the same consensus as, as a staff that we thought with him. And I say Tyler Bertuzzi because he plays a lot like Tyler Bertuzzi. He, he's played, I think, 16 playoff games in the, in the Western Hockey League. He's got 13 goals. It matters that time of the year for this kid. When this kid isn't scoring, I don't know if I can say the ass word, but I'm going to say he's a pain in the ass to play against. And... We want to become that harder team to play against, and 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 so we were really excited when when he fell to us. We we had targeted targeted him, and and we think that he's going to come in and 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 be a big piece of that. He's got some skill, right. like he can he can score, he can shoot. Uh, he, he's playing for the Sutters up in 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 Red Deer. Um, they love him. I think they love him because it kind of reminds them of how how the Sutters play. Uh, he kind of fits that mold, so we're really excited for him. I think he's got a chance to be a really special player. Uh, also in the third round, pick eighty-three, uh, Zach Gallant, six-one, one hundred ninety-eight pounds, right wing, left-handed shot. Uh, from Peterborough, who obviously Red Wing fans in Peterborough seem to have a, a little bit of a love affection there for some of the players that have come here, notably uh, number 19, but uh, uh, and a few others, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Zach Gallant seemed to be thrilled to be wearing the red and white. Yeah, he's actually, he's, he's probably bigger. Uh, I think he's 6'2", uh, natural centerman for the most part. Um, we wanted to get big, bigger down the middle. A high pick in the uh, Ontario League draft. He was a top five pick. Played, played in Peterborough last year as uh, as a 16-year-old. I think he went the whole year without a goal. It was a really, really trying season for him. Uh, the team had struggled. He had struggled to get ice time. Um, this year he rebounded with 20 goals. Uh, a hard player to play against. He's got more natural skill. I think he's just kind of scratching the surface. And again, it comes back to character. A hard, competitive player. Um, that we hope that he's always been a kid in, in throughout his minor hockey that was able to produce. And um, 
so I think with that, we hope that that can evolve over the next couple of years in junior. And once we get them into our development system, that uh, we can extract that offensive ability again with the size and the competitiveness. Also in the third round, your last pick in the third round. By this time, I'm, I'm sure you were getting kind of exhausted. <laughs> pick I was getting tired of answering the phone. <laughs> pick 88, a goaltender, uh, Keith uh, uh, Petrozello. Petrozelli. Petrozelli, 6'5", 174 pounds. He's lanky for sure. A goaltender, played for Muskegon uh, in the USHL, going to go to Quinnipiac. Uh, college hockey this uh, this coming fall good program obviously very good program uh, again just from interviewing him and talking to him uh, very affable young man very excited to be uh, drafted let's be honest they're all excited I mean my gosh they, they've lived for this day we all realize that but uh, you know the big goalie I mean teams are when they're looking at net they're looking at guys that are pretty big these days yeah absolutely we we put a size requirement a little bit yeah I mean our job is to identify the best players and when there's a small goalie you you have to identify it and and you got to make that calculated you know decision at that time um, this kid's going to a really good program um, like you said you know he's six foot five he, he's a slight frame yet that Needs a lot of work physically, um, but we've got four years of college now to right. be able to work with that. And he's going to go there. He got invited to go to the uh, under-20 development uh, camp this summer in, in, in Plymouth to play against Canada. Uh, so he's on the radar with their program. Uh, he's a good kid. Jeff Saleko, our goaltending coach, uh, was out in Boston a month ago. Uh, had the opportunity to work with a lot of the young kid, uh, some of the young uh, U.S. goalies. He was one of them. Jeff uh, actually contacted me after and said, you know what, this kid is a good learner. He's a listener. He's a competitor. He wants to, he's got a lot of, a lot of tools there. We just need to start kind of dialing him in technically and start teach him, teaching him the way that we want him to play goaltender. Um, so uh, you know a, a lot of a lot of my beliefs with with goaltenders are you get you can't teach size and you can't teach compete but you can teach them technical aspects of of their game uh, he's a big kid that's willing to learn now we just got a we got that blank cav canvas that we're trying to mold them into you know a future wing I asked him how familiar he was with the Red uh, with the Red Wings goaltending situation, and he said, actually, I don't know if he has a great relationship with him, but he is an acquaintance with Jared Corot because he played in Muskegon, and obviously Grand Rapids and Muskegon are pretty close. So he has at least uh, a familiarity with at least one of the netminders and, and seemed pretty excited that to be learning from, from Jared as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, he's a, a student of the game where he loves – he loves the game and um, he's got an infectious personality that uh, he, he has to be a sponge at this point of his mm -hmm. career. He has to be a sponge and take a lot in. Uh, one of the biggest things, he, he's going to a good hockey program where he's going to play. Uh, he's in North America where we can keep our hands on him. Um, goaltenders take time. They need teaching. You got to be able to listen and you got to be able to learn and you got to be able to you know, be responsible for your actions after, and um, we thought that at that point in time, it was uh, 
it was the time that we we should address that need. Uh, let's uh, go to the fourth round, pick 100, the seventh out uh, pick in the top 100. Uh, again, I, I, I might struggle. Multi-Setkoff? Setkoff, yep. Yep, Setkoff, 6'2", 165. That kid's thin. Uh, <laughs> it's actually wrong. Uh, is it? Okay, it yeah. Is. He's 6'6". Six, six. He's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well. He's 6'6", six, six, 200 right now. 6'6", six, six, 200, okay. Yeah. I don't know where they got 6'2", 165. Our rink, our rink net, uh, where we actually, our program, the, the same thing was was wrong. But he's, okay. six, he's, six, he's a 6'6", six, six Danish kid that plays in Malmo um, Junior League. Um, He's a left-handed shooting defenseman. Left-handed, very good mobility, a very good skater, um, a guy that has just kind of started coming up into his own. Obviously, the size was a huge factor. Um, it is misleading. A lot of people think that he's 6'2". The difference between 6'2 and 6'6", obviously, is... Four inches. Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. So... <laughs> Again, with that big rangy size and the mobility is there, um, we just think that this kid is just kind of just entering, you know, the tip of the iceberg for, for him. So he just continually got better and better and better. And even in the scouting world, and nobody really wanted to talk about him because everybody thought we could slide a little bit mm -hmm. and take him later. Um, he's When you have a six-foot-six six frame, and you can skate. You're pretty attractive at the at this point in the draft. Yeah, six. Yeah, six. Is this the young man that commutes between countries? Yes, he goes back. He goes. He goes from. He goes through Copenhagen, Denmark, in into Malmo, which is on the other side of the bridge. It's about an hour or two hour drive, daily. Goes in and trains. He's just. He just. Just completely. Just kind of surpassed what we kind of thought. We we liked him to start and. You know, he just kind of got better and better, and then we started digging a little bit deeper, and all this character stuff right. started coming out about, you know, the commitment on what he was doing to get better, and we're like, geez, you know, he just keeps getting better and better, and and defensemen usually take a little bit longer to develop, and with the skies, with the size and the skating ability, we just said, you know what, we got to take a flyer on this kid. Well, in the fourth round, what what better? You know, that's that's a nice round to do it in. I mean, yeah, because you know, I I believe. I believe in the end of the fifth, you start running into the danger of maybe not not acquiring the pick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. By this time, and especially, and I cannot tell fans. I've watched the draft on television. This is the first time I've attended it. But it is like a free for all down on that floor. After a while, I mean, teams are just like it's it's just coming. It's just a big rush that's coming at you. Yeah, and you don't have a lot of time. Right. I mean, right. so. Between phones ringing and trying to uh, acquire other picks and making the decision and making the right decision whether to, to go back for multiple picks or trying to move the pick, uh, yeah, it gets pretty hectic. But you know what? We we were prepared for it today. We we had a game plan and set. Uh, we were ready. We had, we had targeted certain guys. Somebody had to knock our socks off as far as um, overpay for our mm -hmm. picks. Uh, we liked who was at the table at that time, or we we would have moved back. But uh, we had targeted a lot of players. We had a lot of meetings. We probably had more meetings this year, more conference calls. Um, 
we understood the level of importance of this draft early on. Obviously, with the amount of draft picks Ken was able to acquire for us, we understood as a staff that this is a huge time for this organization to make something happen and in the right need. So we were prepared. We were diligent about it. Uh, the background checks and everything that we've done, we, we knew kind of in an area where we liked guys uh, and if they were going to be available we were going to we were going to act on that and obviously that's why we walked away with 11 with 11 picks in this draft. Well, we only have uh, a few more to go here. Uh, round 5, pick 131, Cole Frazier, 62, I hope. One, 195 pounds defenseman, right-handed shot, Peterborough out of the the OHL. Uh, very affable young man. Uh, certainly when we met him, he uh, uh, obviously, as I said, I know I'm, I'm sounding redundant here, but again, seemed to enjoy putting the red and white on. Yeah, and this, we went strictly for, we, we need to, to develop a little bit of skill set, and, and, uh, but he is an area of complete physical side. He is a very, very, very hard-hitting, um, very physical defenseman, um, which in this day and age is a little bit harder to find. Um, we just it, it just comes back into that theme where he had good size. He has that willingness and the competitiveness and the physical aspect that he loves to do. He loves to play physical. He loves to make life miserable for the best players on the other team. Uh, he understands what his role is, um, and he does it very well. This complete physical, hard-nosed defenseman kind of a little bit of a throwback in, in, in the NHL old days. He did say that his two favorite defensemen to watch were Shea Weber, who was his all-time favorite player, and we know what kind of beast Shea Weber is, and Nicholas Cromwell for the hits that you know you get Cromwelled you know as yeah say in no absolutely and that and that's what he said he goes I at some point in time it would be an honor for me to come in and try fulfill his his <laughs> shoes so you know he he just he fits the bill again of just he he loves that physical aspect of the game and and that's what made us really attractive to him uh, round six pick one sixty four. Uh, Riley Webb, 6'4", 195 pounds, a defenseman, right-handed shot from Hamilton in the OHL. Yeah, a little bit of an unknown. Uh, only played, I think, well, I want to say a dozen games this year. Had a shoulder injury in training camp, missed the whole year uh, with shoulder surgery. I think um, Andrew Dixon and a lot of Kelly Harper, guys that are in, our, in the Ontario League, uh, were probably at about eight or nine of those games that he did play at. We had... We, we targeted him early. We knew about him, but he didn't play, so he was a little bit of an unknown for us. Um, but myself and Jeff Finley got in there to watch him play. Really good size, really good mobility, um, can move a puck. Just a little bit of the unknown, so uh, we just thought that it was well worth the risk at that point in time in the draft. He's just another big guy that could that can skate and, and, and can move the puck but limited viewings on him this year. Uh, another guy uh, in the sixth round, pick 162. Uh, he was announced as Jack Adams. He was listed as John Adams. And 
I think we've all decided in Detroit he's going to go by Jack Adams. <laughs> but, I'm calling him Jack. Yeah, so. right. So Jack Adams, an iconic hockey name, obviously, in Detroit. 6'5", 195 pounds, right wing, right-hand shot. Plays uh, right now is from Fargo of the uh, United States Hockey League. Yeah, and going to, uh, I believe, Union um, next year uh, in college. Uh, one of the top leading goal scorers in the USHL. For a big man, uh, he's gone through the draft uh, a year or two already, uh, but very good sense and very good skill. I think the knock on him has been his skating a little bit, um, maybe not a little bit, that's kind of what's probably been holding him back, but we talked at length about it, um, you know, myself and Jeff Finley are both from the West and Mark mm -hmm. Stone got drafted. Right. Uh, we see a lot of similarities in... in uh, in Mark Stone as far as where their skating ability was at the same age. Uh, we did our backgrounds with them and, and the willingness to be able to work on and improve his, his feet and his skating and his quickness. It's going to take time, um, but if we can get that going and we can make that work, uh, he does all the other things because he's so big when he's got a good touch around the net that we're excited. He's, he's going into a good program for you know, the next three or four years, and, and hopefully he's going to buy into this, uh, you know, with Hork. Hork does a great job with us uh, on the player development side as far as giving these guys every resource possible and all the tools they need to, to excel, and we've got to get his feet and feet going, and if we do, we can end up with a pretty good player. Right, and Hork is Sean Horkoff, a uh, longtime NHL, or former Michigan State Spartan, and uh, is the I, the proper title director of player development now for Sean Horkoff. Yep. So uh, so he uh, so Jack Adams uh, looks like he could be maybe perhaps one of those diamond in the roughs. The last pick, round seven, pick one ninety three, Brady Gilmore, 5'10", 170 pounds, center, left handed shot, Saginaw of the OHL. Maybe we could ask Chris Osgood about this player a little bit too. But. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I know. I, I, you know, Ozzy. You know, is, is is part owner of the Saginaw team, and uh, and, and talks, my neighbor too. Oh, you know, is the way. he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he he talks his <laughs> talks his, the zero off about. Uh, we're, we're writing a book together, the Chris Osgood story. So, uh, but uh, but anyway, Brady Gilmore. Uh, you know, I guess. You know, people, you know, the skeptics or the cynics in the world say, why even bring this kid up? He's our seventh rounder, but there's always something there, right? I mean, well, absolutely, and and obviously we've got a relationship with Saginaw with, you know, with Ozzy being in there, and, uh, you know, Sean Harkoff was in there a lot this year with Philip Peronic. Right, right. Um, was able to, you know, be around the locker room a lot. Um, Saginaw, you know, they... They got off to a rough start and got better as the year went on. Um, and this kid just continued to work every single day. The character is through the roof. They think he's going to be the captain one day. Um, he scored basically 26 or 28 goals basically on his own. Didn't have a lot to play with. And this is no disrespect to anybody else right. on the team. Um, where, you know, he created a lot of stuff on his own. And we just, we just thought that, you know, we're into the seventh round. People all have their deficiencies. Uh, we just thought that from all the information that we've gotten back, that why not let's let's take a flyer on this kid. This kid's character's through the roof, and 
and let's see where we can go from there. Well, those are the 11th draft picks, and you know, I did talk to you earlier at the arena, but they had this, the sound system was blaring, you know, everyone's favorite tunes, and it was really difficult to hear you. I did ask you a question, and I'm going to ask you again, Tyler, uh, to kind of wrap it up and come full circle here. Fans are impatient by nature. Red Wing fans are really impatient, but very... I think eager to see these guys. I mean, you know, they, they understand, they realize where the team is at right now. You can't have an era of 20 plus seasons of being the best team in the league or one of the elite teams and not have a bit of a drop off. It's just that's the way professional sports works. Detroit's a pretty sophisticated sports town. But they're going to look at you and go, okay, Tyler, right? 11 guys. When are we going to see these guys play for Detroit? What is a realistic time frame for some of them? And again, I know that it's an impossible question for you to answer, but people are going to look at, are we looking two, three, four years, or how quickly does it come? Well, it is the impossible question to answer. I said, but I think we've also changed internally our thoughts on on, on how we're trying to develop and how we're trying to go through this whole process. Um, I think when you look at, at, at some of the young kids, and we still got some good players up top as far as that are in kind of their primes of their okay. career. But when you look at, you know, the Manthas and the Larkins and the double A's and, you know, maybe the Svechnikovs and the Bertuzzi's that are in the minors and the Joe Hicketts in the minors and, uh, you know, Chalowski being a first-round pick, we're trying to speed this process up as fast as we can. So no more overripening. So. Overripening, leaving them down in the minors for three. We want to leave them down there, but we don't have the luxury of, of being down there because of the Nick Lidstrom is not there. The Pavel Datsuk right. is not up here that is blocking. They're, those guys aren't going anywhere. Right. You know, Zetterberg's getting older. Still, obviously, you know, we, we want to keep the culture that we've got you know, arguably our best player last year again. Right. Um, we want Larkin to build off that, learn off that. We want him to pass this down to such and such. We want to continue that culture that has taken so long to build up. I came from an organization in Columbus. I was in Columbus as a player for six years. I ran their draft. I was in player. Once you lose that culture, it is virtually impossible possible to get it back it just takes decades so with that said we want to try to hurry these kids up as much as we can now it's such a fine line because you can't hurry kids if they're physically not ready if they're not mentally ready to handle the grind of an 82 game schedule in the national hockey league where Zidane Char is trying to rip your head off every night right, right. you you can't put them in a position to fail. But we got to think of alternative ways to make these kids, how do we speed that process up? And I think with our player development and with Hork and what he can do and the resources, it's our job now to give every single one of these kids, and every one of these kids has a different development plan. Every one of these kids has a different path. How can we speed it up? Is it a nutritionist? Is it a sports psychologist? Is it... Uh, is it skating? Is it a skills? Is it uh, is it goaltending? Is it flexibility? Is it you know? It's all strength for majority of them. Is it living on your own? Is it coming into Detroit and train in summer? Is it putting these kids together, putting them in positions where they might fail, but pick them back up right away? 
Um, so all that stuff is stuff that we've thought of. And, and with that said, get these kids all in as fast as we can. Get them into Traverse City. Get them in a development camp. Let's get our hands on. Let's educate them about social media. Let's educate them about how to be a good pro. Let's about what you put in your body every day as far as nutrition and hydration and sleep. What can we do to make these kids better players faster? Uh, and and I believe that that's the science now with with player development that we could speed up this process. Some will get it. Some won't get it. Some will get it faster. Some might not get it ever. Right. So they all get lumped in there. We're trying to speed that process up. But you still can't give them too much. They have to fail at some point in time. Then you have to pick them up, let them, let them move forward. You can't just let them fail and continue to fail because then we, re, we, then you got to break them down and rebuild them up. So, and, and that's part of that character issue too. Even you want to see first of all what plan you give them and whether they follow it or not. You would assume if they're high character, they're going to follow it. But also quite important. Even though they may follow it, they may not succeed at the level because they, I, I'm sure all 11 of these kids are dreaming that they're in the Red Wings at Little Caesars Arena next year probably. And, you know, rightly so. That's youth. But if they fail, how they react and how they come back from that as well. Absolutely. I, I think half of the challenge for, of player development is players develop themselves. And it's, it's a comment that people might not think that it well how do they we can give you every resource possible right. we can have you in at the rink we can have if you're going to go home and eat a bucket of kentucky fried chicken and sit on the we can't be with you 24 hours a day right, right. you have to be able to do that on your own and that's where the character comes into it we want kids maybe we'll give up a little bit of skill but i'm going to i'm going into battle in a seven game series where people aren't going away I'm not we might lose game one we might lose game two but I'll tell you game three it's not gonna be an easy cakewalk if you lose game three it's coming back with game four if we win game four we're winning game five that's the mentality we want the foxhole mentality with the 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 character where you can assemble a group of 23 guys that come together Maybe you play on the fourth line in, in right wing and you got to block shots and kill penalties and you only get eight minutes. But if that gets my name on the cup... It was worth it. That's what it is. And, and you know what? It's hard. Right. Some people buy into it. Some people don't. We want the kids that are buying into this program. We want to we have kids saying, you know what? You're either with us or you're not. If you're not going to be with us, we'll move on to somebody else that's going to be. So... We're, we're, we're drafting high character kids. We believe that these kids will develop faster with the character because it means everything to them. It's their life. It's their passion. When you're passionate about something, you live it daily, 24 hours a day. I dream about the draft. I wake up thinking, oh my God, missed on this guy. It's the only way you become good right. in this in this business. If it was easy to be mediocre at it, everybody would do it. Everybody would win the Stanley Cup then. When you got something good, you stick with it. You try to make it better every single day. 
We're going to learn from this draft. There's a staff. We're going to make wrong picks. We're going to make right picks. What do we learn from this? Let's go back. Let's get these kids going faster. It's, it's, a, it's a complex animal that we have a million pieces going in every direction. We've got kids with language barriers. We've got kids from different cultures that aren't accustomed to what we do. How do we make it easier for him? Mm-hmm. How do we do that without entitling them to something? Earn it. How are you going to earn it? You're going to earn it through hard work. Right. Show me or show the staff, earn the coach's staff trust to get on the power play. Not You're not going to walk in here and say, here's a Red Wing jersey. The Red Wing jersey's here. It's there for you to come and get it. Every one of these kids, we're getting them every opportunity to put that Red Wing jersey on. Somebody's not going to wear that jersey, but somebody's going to. Just right. Let me know who's going to be. And the sooner you let me know who it's going to be through the character, those are the kids that we want. And yeah. at the end of the day, those are the kids that are going to win. And for these 11 draft picks, uh, the quest to wear that jersey begins on July 7th at the development camp in Traverse City. And then will some of them or will all of them go to training camp or will they go to their college or junior teams? or will? How do you decide that? It it gets decided. The college kids can't go to training camp. Right, right. That I knew. Majority, ninety nine percent of these kids, barring an immigration letter or something like, that, will be in Traverse City July sixth. Um, the college kids will not be in Traverse City. Uh, the kids that are playing in Europe and playing pro hockey, they'll already be starting into the season, so they will not be there. Kids that are going to be playing in the USHL and junior, the kids that are going to be playing in major junior in um, Canada, whether it's uh, the Quebec League, the Ontario League, or the Western Hockey League, they will be there. Um, We may be able to get permission for some of these kids that are playing pro hockey uh, over in Europe to come for training camp. I'm not sure exactly that. We don't know that answer. Um, But like you said, I, I talked to a majority of these kids today, whether or not they were here, or on the phone, mm-hmm. and I said, I congratulate you on, on, on getting drafted by the Detroit Red Wings. I said, enjoy this day with your family. This is a special time. You wake up tomorrow, it starts. Because somebody else is starting. Right. Somebody else is starting. The day that you stop or the day you want to take off, somebody else somewhere in this world is getting better than you. And the kids that learn this and the kids that figure this out are the kids that start this whole development process. To answer your question, those are the kids right. that we're going to see sooner. Tyler Wright, the uh, Director of Scouting for the Red Wings, thank you. We, we took up a lot of time today. I know it's been a long day for you. Really appreciate it. I know the Red Wing fans do too. Uh, we all have you on the Red and White Authority, I'm sure, many, many times. But uh, thank you for your time today, and yeah. uh, job well done. Get get a little rest, Tyler, because it probably starts again <laughs> for you tomorrow. You're probably on a plane to some, uh, you know, to Siberia or some looking no, hockey players. No, I'm going. I'm going back to the cottage for a couple of weeks. So I'm turning my phone off and my computer, and I will not be returning anything. Right. So while somebody else will be getting better, it won't be me tomorrow. All right, Tyler, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you.